0: Greetings from Cyberdelic Space, this is Lorenzo and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon and I'm really pleased today to be able to play another one of the Palenque Norte lectures ...that were given at the 2019 Burning Man Festival... ...and today's featured guest is none other than the world-famous digital artist... ...Android Jones. Due to some technical problems a year ago, I wasn't able to podcast his talk from 2018... ...but the 2019 talk has come through fine, even after going through a tornado... (laughs) ...and uh, we're going to listen to it today. As you'll hear in just a moment... This past burn was the 17th consecutive year in which Android Jones attended the Burning Man Festival. Well, if I've done my math correctly, his first burn must have been in 2002, and that was also the year that my wife and I attended our first Burning Man Festival. Of course, I've only made it a few times since, and so I have a great deal of respect for anyone who has, well, has what it takes to travel to the playa each year for 17 years in a row. Wow, only if you've done it yourself, uh, at least one time, can you really appreciate the commitment that people like Android Jones and his family have to, uh, well, the commitment to the entire Burning Man experience. Now, if you've already seen some of his work, uh, well, at least if you're like me, you'll essentially be at a loss for words when you try to describe the depth of his creations. Although I have uh, only had the pleasure of experiencing his art through the medium of the Internet, my friend Bruce Dahmer tells me that being immersed in the art of Android Jones is a life-changing experience. So, uh, rather than me making my own attempt to tell you more about him, I'm going to take the easy way out and read a couple of sentences from his main website, and I quote, Best described as a digital painter, Jones has created an immense body of work. He has become well-known for his many-layered psychedelic works and live performances using a custom-built digital setup. He participated in the Grateful Dead Fare The Well Tour, and his work has been projected on the Sydney Opera House and the Empire State Building. A long-time member of the Burning Man community, Android has traveled the world exhibiting his work and has contributed to events on six continents. At the center of Jones's work is spirituality and altered states of consciousness. Manipulating light and energy, Android Jones captures complex concepts while utilizing his formal background in the arts. Described as a digital alchemist, he is determined to alter the viewer's perception, pushing the boundaries of the imagination through the use of innovative media forms." End quote. So now let's join Android Jones in the big Palenque Norte tent at Camp Soft Landing during the 2019 Burning Man Festival.
1: Our next speaker now, Android Jones, you might have seen his uh, artwork displayed on everybody's beauty shorts or bandanas or tapestries kind of all over his- Recognize it, but um, he just informed me this is also his 17th burn in a row. So, mad respect for surviving this thing. Um, <laughs> um, so,
0: without um, any more delay, Mr. Android Jones.
1: Uh, uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Android Jones. It's uh, my extreme pleasure to have your attention everyone here in person and uh, to all of you out there in the future, tuning in in a cyberdelic space uh, huge fan of the psychedelic salon lost track of the amount of hours that Lorenzo's deep, sorrowful voice filled those void of my Incessantly restless mind created the soundtrack to a lot of the art that people appreciate to this day. I remember back in like 2006 how important these podcasts were to me. And so it's a real pleasure to be continuing that tradition. So big props to Lorenzo and the whole team here that makes this happen. Um, yeah, so it, the fireside chat basically means that uh, whatever I can do to spend as little time preparing for a talk as possible <laughs> or, yeah, words are not my, my first medium of choice for expressing myself and usually when I have some type of a theme I just get into these like cyclical circles in my head tripping out about it all the whole time so this allows me to just be as present and open and vulnerable with you guys as possible to give the people here the kind of information that you guys would find uh, Meaningful, so we did this last year and I thought it was pretty successful and I just want to continue in that format I've got a nice intimate crowd here. So if there's I can go in lots of different directions. Um, I try to not repeat things. I've said in the past out of uh, ease I might throw in a couple but uh, Yeah, Burning man
0: 2019.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> How incredibly fortunate are all of you to be here right now. What a year. What a time to be alive. Uh, super excited. That said, it's my 17th burn in a row. And, uh, this year, uh, I kind of oscillate back and forth between contributing to some type of visual spectacle as an offering and more kind of uh, internal burns. We kind of go back and forth, even in odd years uh, between the two. Um, I'd have to say the most significantly uh, impactful visual heart spectacle that I was able to contribute to and offer to the energy of the playa this year is uh, bringing out my two beautiful children. I've got uh, my beautiful daughter Nova. is two and a half. And it's her Second burn outside of the womb. Three years, technically, she's been with the burn. And uh, my boy, Escher, he's one. This is his first out-of-womb birth. We actually found out we were pregnant with Escher at the burn. Previous, not last year, the year before last. Took a pregnancy test after symbiosis just to be responsible adults.
0: My
1: wife's very responsible. And we got the amazing news that Escher was going to be coming into the world. They are... I can't. I I brought a lot of art here. You know, I tried to be a professional mind blower, but I I don't think anything that I could bring really is able to communicate just like the heartfelt, like smiles and energy that these two kids can radiate when they're and they're like full power, just running around and exploring and interacting with people. It's definitely like I, I in all seriousness, it is like one of the. I can't think of any other painting or thing that I could bring that would have a better impact in general. Um, yeah, it's really great to see them just thrive out here. And if anybody out there is has children or is considering bringing to the burn, I'm a big advocate um, for a hell yes to that. Um, given the only caveat is we found the success. This, this is the second time we brought kids out here. Uh, long as you have some type of like a safe AC container that would be a prerequisite to you need like like, this is like the biggest game of tag and you're ever going to see but you need like a base to go to so you've got that base uh, I think it's really important too just uh, hearing a little bit of the of of Rick speaking this last conversation Um, I think the reason that I'm an advocate for that and I think it's I think that bringing my children out here is one of the most Visionary actions that I can be capable of because there's a lot of there's a lot of talk and a lot of a lot of conversations right now around you know, mental health and like the mental health problem that America has and the mental pro- health problem that the world has. Uh, my wife was I don't know if she heard it somewhere, but she was kind of sharing this. She's like, it's not that that's one aspect of looking at the one facet of the of the issue, but in reality, if you want to go to the deeper Instead sort of a mental health problem, I think we have uh, a deeper causality of, like, an unsuccessful parenting problem is what's really going on, if you want to get, like, a little deeper into that, you know. I'm only two and a half years into being a dad, and there's a lot I have to learn and a lot of mistakes I'm going to make, and um, we're, you know, my wife and I are really actively... We go to a lot of effort to try to do the best job as we can as parents. But I think that when it comes to addressing a lot of the, the trauma that's creating a world that's becoming increasingly, you know, either scary or hostile or intimidating you know, based off what we hear, um, that I think when, I, when when I talk to people that have trauma, I look at my own trauma and those around us, it's really... Yeah, a lot of it is, uh, it, it starts so early, and I think that really, like, the conscious parenting is the, the most valuable contribution that I could be making as an artist if I wanted. I mean, I can make a lot of pretty paintings that can that go on, but, you know, my main role in life right now is to raise two human beings with as much love and health as possible. You know, I like, you know, right now. They've really kind of even eclipsed a lot of the art making and such. Like, and, uh, zero regrets um, on making that choice. So you know, sideline, little parenting, breeding, propaganda—the best thing ever so far. Nothing, nothing compares to the magic. I mean, if you like this visionary scene we're to, if you like consciousness and mind expansion, um, nothing glow- has ever blown my mind. Is when you have a child you're basically like watching a like a super time lapse of the evolutionary the human evolutionary process on like a day by day basis just unfolding in front of you from the recognition of like the non self to the self. I remember the first time I was taking a bath with Nova and she realized that like her toes like belong to her. You know, you get to see these like mind blowing Moments that if you're not paying attention, they just it goes by so fast. So, I just wanted to get that in there. I was talking about that. Trying to think of the things I've learned in the last year that are valuable that I could add to, and if it would add value to um, the audience. Um, yeah. Yeah, the early dinner yeah. yeah. That was a beautiful event. I really want to thank you for your contribution to the production room. Yeah. Incredible. All the way from Salonie to Oregon to America. Thank you so much for your contribution. Thank you for receiving that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll never do that again. That was way too much work. <laughs> <laughs> so, glad you were there and caught that one because that's not happening. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, we're going there. I'm just saying, like a a back to back like creative triathlon of like Burning Man, of, of, of an eclipse festival, straight to here at the level that we were. You know, I think we had like a like five VR headsets and dodecahedrons and domes and some Like that was a 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 stress test for the team and what was capable of. You know, I mean, you know. So one of the great things about Burning Man, it really if you don't push yourself to your limits, you never know. What kind of potential you 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 left lingering on the table? So we try not to leave too much of that uh, on the table, and we also try to realize that there's a certain amount of moderation and moderation that is healthy for a sustainable journey within this community. Um, like I said, this is 17 burns. When I reflect back on. You know, there's I've I've I found like some novel success in a few very isolated niches of creative endeavors that I feel that I've i when I think of things when I think of things that I'm really good at there's not a lot there's a couple that I I do I, I do somewhat well but realizing that if anybody has any questions on just how to how to have a great time at Burning Man I think that's one of my skills I realized this year like if I can Love myself enough to also be modest. Like I'm pretty fantastic at having an awesome time. <laughs> like, I'm so good at it that I even go out of my way to create like an obstacle course of ridiculous challenges just so I can overcome them and still have a badass time.
0: In. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so far, so you know, a lot. questions
1: So yes. What? What's yes, yes, your number one right? <laughs> recommendation? I for that awesome any drugs
0: medication,
1: boyfriend, of national, I totally agree, it's got chills up and down. You know, it's just kind of. I mean, what's the point? It's, you know, one of the reasons we come out here and have these times and do these drugs or do these things is for like kind an experience. And I think it's often it's 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 somewhat, it's, it's cliche when you hear that as a non parent, but it's so. I mean, I don't even think. I, looking back now, it's just like I didn't even know what love was before Nova. because you know, we all have this like mental like love is so fantasized and through movies and media and stories it's made to be this sort of like mythological thing that you see someone and we're left with this longing and wanting of like well you know it didn't happen for me like that like maybe i'm not in love because it didn't happen like some you know manufactured fiction that like commercial fiction that i saw and I was kind of in the same boat. Like, you know, I'd fallen in love before. I felt that. But I'd never really, like... I didn't have that, like, Hollywood, like, movie love. With, 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 um, but, you know, whatever that was, whatever I had kind of imagined in my mind that, like, that would feel like to look into the eyes of someone, like, when I look at my daughter, I mean, it's just... The fact that I was even using the word love before, I felt, you know, almost like prepared. It was almost out of my purview, like what love really was, and that's something I think you can only really feel. I mean, it's it's a it's, it's one of the big perks of you know being a human is that kind of experience. And I feel like I just feel like I, I, I mentioned it because I feel like it's a little un- unrepresented, even in the visionary community. I keep trying to poke all my friends to you know just go for it. Just, get knocked up, take the out. I don't know. What she means. You <laughs> have to find me out. Know, I will say, it's really important to find the right partner. Like, you would definitely want to do that. It's not one of really, know, you know, sprint seats out there. But if you, you got the right one and you're both down, I was very fortunate that my wife has always really wanted to. She's an incredible mother and she's always really, um, it's been, it's been part of my vision most all my life to be a good dad and it's been part of hers. And we both had really wonderful parents too and that was, you know, the fact that we had the privilege of um, loving and caring parents that to, to stayed together their whole lives, uh, it's, a, it's a kind of experience and it's such a precious resource these days that we felt almost an opportunity and an obligation to carry that lineage on. It's like, it's like if you were teaching a certain type of a skill or a craft to be able to just try to bring those two sides together. It's been, uh, yeah. Really nature Yeah, there's a lot of number one. But, um, so I always, um, part of the you know, challenging myself for every burn, for every burn, I've always, we take a team out every time and we always like to bring at least like one newbie that's never been here before to kind of see it through their eyes. And um, this year it was our, our nanny Taylor's who we brought out and on the drive out. Well, I picked them up, I drove out myself, but. I picked them up from the airport on Tuesday in Reno and I could tell she had a lot of you know, a lot of excitement and anxiety and she just kind of asked me, like, "What? how do you like, prepare? What do you think about So, like, some of my top hits on the advice that I gave her and this is the same advice, I like, guess, my team, people that have been here a couple burns and something, I, and I say it because um, it helps kind of remind me of myself but I think I kind of started off by, you know, there's always, Burning Man is a, uh, I think one of the things that makes this city thrive is that all the different varieties of friction that you will encounter here, regardless, you know, it's never always smooth, and so you're going to fill up with friction within yourself, with friction with other people. Um, there's going to be going to be a lot of confronting, you know, situations that are challenging or difficult. And one thing I try to emphasize is like no matter. What you're doing this is this is kind of a playoff, of like a Barlowism. But no matter what your goal or your mission is here, whatever you think you're doing, whatever important you think it is, um, at that moment, you know, never, never assume that anyone else's motivations or drives are any more noble than your own. You know, everybody here is totally on their own trip. You know, I try to. Make it a sort of like a. I try to expand a blanket of not taking anything personally. Zone around the around the whole playa when these things happen. Um, recognizing that each of us can see our truths. Each of us have a very unique perspective to the world that only we can see, and everyone else has an alternate and meaningful view. And when you consider that it's a uh, every single person out here there's some type of even though it's a past society understanding there is a value that can be exchanged between us within the gift of conversation and that type of opportunity uh, I encourage you to be really open but also and, and recognize moments where it's appropriate to be vulnerable and also you know this is not fantasy island. um there's a lot of energies at play here, and I definitely recommend learning how to like, make a pretty solid force field around yourself at certain times. Lots of disincarnate energies are around here. This is like a feeding frenzy cafeteria for hungry ghosts and things that are not your friends. So, you really need to be aware of what you're opening yourself to and when you're opening yourself to that, and your own little you know, spiritual maintenance is pretty crucial. Um, I could kind of go on and on. With One thing, uh, something that really helped me a lot. So I have really high standards when it comes to art and the art that I make, and the the music that I like, and the things that the shapes and the colors that attract me. And uh, as anybody with a sense of opinion, it's easy to look at things, and it's almost by default we might have like a judgment that comes up. You know, Um, I think before I get into that I like think one thing is also recognizing that you know this is Gordon. Man it's kind of like the it's like a it's like a handicapped Olympics for art you know it's like everybody gets a medal you know there's there's there, there's no bar at all the bar the bar went away you know like anything gets in and but you realize that the handicap that all of us have that we have in common is that we have the handicap of our trauma because it's our trauma I believe it's one of the unifying factors that brings us out here healthy people don't go out to the middle of the desert to go do drugs naked with other healthy people <laughs> <laughs>
0: nonsense they don't it doesn't
1: happen like that like we're here because there's something that we haven't found either within ourselves or society or you know There's something about the world that just is not satisfactory to us, whether that's ourselves or our place in it, or the things that we see, and we're out here because we're looking for something. There's something that's just not... And that's why I came out here. I came out here because I was deeply unsatisfied with the outer world that I was in. And ultimately, there's parts of myself that I think I was deeply unsatisfied with myself, and I was looking to Burning Man to be some sort of panacea that would just give me all the answers. It gave me better questions, but it didn't give me, I don't think, any of the answers. But I think life is about the pursuit of those unknowns. True that. Oh, I'm not saying that everyone outside is healthy uh-huh. where the unhealthy <laughs> ones are far from that. Oh, there's a spectrum of trauma that I'm de- that I'm trying to address here. But, uh, at least you guys know you know that there's something broken. You know, I the scariest is when you think you're healthy. It's not really right. <laughs> Yeah, just, crazy. just saying, it's like you know, there's a, there's something we can find that in common. There's all, there's something inside of all of us that needs healing. I think maybe we can agree to that. And something on the outside, everyone out there needs healing too. But we, this is an expression of our longing for that. We've all at least taken a step towards putting all this energy and effort, whether we're recognizing it or not, that there's something that we're looking for. And along those lines, the other thing that everybody's, you know, I've been looking through a lot of my art from the lens of the evolutionary biology, just from the aspect that, you know, potentially like 80 to 90% of our actions, consciously or unconsciously, are all towards either trying to signal or find like the, 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 the highest probability of an available mate and or express our status within the pecking order of our society, you know, so many of our things. I mean, I, I, that's why I got into art, you know, I wasn't good at sports, couldn't play the guitar. You know, want some way that people would notice me and make friends and, you know prelude to my entire career, just like rinse repeat, you know. Uh, interestingly enough, now that I actually have an amazing partner and and beautiful children, I'm like I'm so less prolific than I used to be. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I have to show off anymore. You know, I started learning how to love myself. Once I sort of love myself I was like, man I don't even make all this art and, you know, use that as a proxy method of getting other people's affection because I don't know how to love myself. It's like, what a silly game that was. But really effective in making a large body of work, you know. Um, anyway, wrapping up the advice that, just to, to close that one out. So, like I said, I get, I have a tendency to get really judgy, like, oh man, like that piece sucks, or this music is terrible, or how would anyone play this, you know, that's it's just the inner mechanisms of the mind that tries to put it, that tries to make itself feel, you know, complicit or sophisticated or superior to other people. We all do it at times, you know. Just we can admit it and move on and try to get better. But something I do not when to realize this. It was like this been like four or five years ago, and it was from that evolutionary biological perspective that that's what we're all doing. And it's a lens, it's a mindset. You know, I, 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 I can't. Keep this lens on. I don't keep these glasses on all the time, but at certain points, I definitely kind of when it serves and when it's helpful, is to just it's a lens of compassion. Um, And it's when I look at the playa like this, I have more fun, I have a much better time. I'll say that's a hack for accepting everything, but realizing that you know that thrown together sculpture like out in deep playa that you have no idea how they talk someone into setting it up or the shitty dubstep remix of like an like a insane clown posse song that you hear you know in a camp that isn't a sound camp that's keeping you up all night you know as unpalatable and just insert the most unpalatable thing you've ever seen at burning man like the most culturally visually utterly offensive thing that's, uh, that's, that, that, has, that has had an impact on you. And if you look at it from the evolutionary biological standpoint, that this shitty sculpture or this terrible song, to the individual that created this, it represents the, the highest aspect of their means Their cultural experience, the technology available, and essentially it's their, it's like their, their, their bird song, their love song to the universe that somebody sees them. That insane clown posse remix, like, that's, that's, that's for, that, he's putting that out there for, or she, for one person that recognizes that and goes, that's, They hear it out in the quiet, like that's that's my favorite man. Like that's the hope that that happens, and so that everything is an expression of needing love or wanting love or wanting to be seen or acknowledged. You know whether that's the truth or not. The mindset of that makes this whole experience so much, uh, so much more, so much easier to like enjoy and appreciate and not be in a perspective of constant criticism. Oh, the Bad respect to juggalos, those guys are living their truth. You know, right? <laughs> Whether you like it or not, it's not your truth, but it's their truth. And, you know, more power to anyone that has the fearlessness to express themselves in that way. So, yeah, let's see. What else is going on this year? Oh, I, I brought a, I, uh, I recently bought a, uh, I've been really into these government and large industrial equipment auctions. Lately, I don't know how I got into this, but I've just been... I go to, like... I go to auctions almost, like, every other month. Like, the real big, like... You, <laughs> like, like, show up 7 in the morning on a Sunday wearing your car hearts, you know, and you just, like, blend right in. But they're been a, It's a fascinating uh, little little slice of of society, but I've been starting going to go into these, and I recently... Came into the acquisition of a 28,000 pound semi truck that was, that used to be a, it was marked when they, when they came up at auction, it was called, and, and we got the command center. All right, we got five grand, five guys, the and I was just blown away because it wasn't on my radar because I wasn't searching for command centers that day. I was, I was looking for some bobcats, maybe like another pickup truck or some toolboxes. You know, just kind of. I was easing into the, the world of the large industrial auctions. And long story short, I acquired it for what I think is a nominal price for a vehicle of this size and scale. And it was the. Uh, they they called it a command center, and that's one of the words they used. It was all when I. Looked it up after I brought this monstrosity back to the farm. It's like it's forty feet long, eight feet wide, thirteen feet tall, ten wheels that are five hundred dollars a piece to replace, which kind of hurt. I didn't. That wasn't. I didn't. I didn't know I had to do that. Um, and uh, as a gross carrying capacity of fifty-two thousand pounds, so we brought like twelve thousand pounds of stuff out here, and we could have had like another ten thousand pounds of things out here, which is. Just awesome. Um, and uh, on the side of it, it said when I got it back to the farm, it had a stencil that said STV 2600. And I'm like, mm, yeah, this didn't come with an operating manual. And before it got to me, it definitely got like salvaged by uh, like people ripped out, you know, the generators, control, like whatever was this people thought was valuable or had copper in it was like stripped before I got it. So uh, I've, unfortunately, I, I was never able to see it like in its glory days, of uh, what, it, what it was, what it once was. But when I threw that into Google, the STV twenty six hundred immediately popped up, and uh, it is it's funny. Stimulation treatment vehicle is what it was classified after and I learned that stimulation treatment is a. It's basically like a fancy gaslighting way of saying the mother brain of any like multi-hundred million dollar fracking operation. And so the whole inside is just decked out with just, it's got like six captain chairs across like 360 like panoramic windows, server racks, 12 monitor mounts, like 38 uh, like 110, 120 like uh, power receptacles, and then about like 900 feet of data cables that we kind of stripped out of it. And these Cables were attached to cameras that went, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet inside the earth to stimulate (laughs) and treat the earth in order to uh, uh, extract, you know, valuable gases and chemicals. And so, total Decepticon. This car was such a dark. I had my like my my ninja, like you know, spiritual bodyguards, like totally cleanse it. We've started, we're, we're rehabilitating the Decepticon. Um, and we've converted it into a mobile VR biofeedback ketamine laboratory. That's what we put on the taxes, at least. You know, that's the cover story, right? And, uh, yeah, we're out here with that. Crazy. Uh, it's awesome. We finally got everything working. <laughs> we, spent, we spent this entire time just it it took a long time to get it ready for operation and then we filled it full of stuff we spent most of the burn emptying it and just moving stuff around like i didn't even leave camp until i think think wednesday or thursday was the first time i actually wednesday was the first time i actually left camp for the first time and uh it's been a blast just working on this truck because i work on it alone on the farm and it's boring but you're here and i have all these friends that like know, have class A driver's license. Know way more than I do, so I've been developing that. And uh, yeah, we had our first. Uh, we we also I don't know why I think I use Burning Man and these sort of challenges to get. I have a s- small team of three people that we work on microdose in the VR and without when you're on when you have your own team and you don't have you know the benefit of you know millions of dollars from other VCs and you just like to sell fun things on your own because you're stubborn. There's a lot of benefits for that, but at the same time, it can be challenging because you don't really have a lot of deadlines either, and things really get done better with deadlines. So I think we somehow use these events to create a certain amount of pressure and expectation for us to then deliver on. And for whatever reason, it's really helpful for development. So it really forced us to develop our VR biofeedback, cable, simulator, thing that we've got going on right now. We don't even know what to call it yet, but it's pretty trippy. Like, it, uh, we have this headset that, uh, that uses a, a Muse biofeedback infrared laser, and it send, it takes your pulse, a really accurate pulse rate from kind of your zygomatic, from the, the blood in between your skin and your, your cheekbone. And the vision was we take that, and then you're, and you're kind of in blackness, and all of a sudden, as it kind of you lay down, it's kind of a lay down passive experience, and we've been playing like some blue tech, Secret entries in the Darkness, Stephen Roach, like really ambient, binaural beat, like very like low friction type of music in the background, and then out of the darkness, this kind of like a circle of little, you know, kind of the, they're like little dodecahedrons kind of like start to appear. But when they do, they, there might be like 12 of them but they're pulsing to your heartbeat. Like they only spawn like when your heart beats and you have a sub back that's also echoing your own heart behind that. And as you get into it, you start getting into a breathing rhythm. They start like multiplying and multiplying and they're they're coming off a radius of a, f- a fractal, a polar a, a polar math equation that is uh, that we use to create the uh, the different petals of, like, a lotus mandala. So you've got, like, you know, your, two, your two-petal your two lotus is kind of like that. They look like the chakra symbols, but they're being generated and emanating. We can go from, like, one petal up to, like, 32 petals and increase, like, uh, I don't want to bore you with, like, the technical things it does, but it does a lot of really interesting and novel things, but then you can, we have all these controls on the iPad that let a therapist like move you forward in space or backward or increase the intensity or activate like different it's basically, I was trying to describe it to Rick he came to the trailer the other day and I start you know, it's really tempting to get into all this like jargon and catchphrases of like immersive and coherence and da 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 da, make it sound like you know, there's a tendency in this world where you're, when you're building things that have never been built to, I'm guilty of as anyone of like Trying, maybe I try to underpromise and overdeliver, but I would be guilty of sometimes overstating your hand and maybe giving it ex- slightly exaggerating like what it is for the theatrical impressiveness of talking about it. But I was using all these words like trying to describe it and I was just like, it's, it's it's just advanced color therapy. That's all it is. Just advanced color therapy. You know, like that's the that's the that's the most under. That's the best way I can underpromise what it is. Advanced color therapy. Um, but it has this. What we've noticed, and we finally got it running last night. And so last night was our first like you know launching monkeys in the outer space testing phase. Read the ticket. There's no liability out here. You know, as they say. Yeah, we're, we're, where else am I going to find all these traumatized people? We're not open to public testing. That's totally that's a joke. I'm just kidding. We're not really doing that. No. And, uh, yep. And, uh, my theory was I haven't done ketamine in years. And, uh, when I did, I mean, the fact that they're using ketamine for anti depression like, really baffles me. <laughs> I got a lot of things out of ketamine, Like mostly it was like a just a, and Unquenchable conundrum of thinking that I m- might have had some inkling into figuring out the way the world works, and Tetami did a pretty good job of like dissolving and demolishing like any sense of theory I had around any sense of what reality was. It was really good at that. It was really good at giving me an alternate reality that I thought was more important than this reality. Um, it did that a lot, and uh, but I don't know if it ever made me happier. So I'm a little to the, you know. We're using the ketamine now because it's pretty popular and it's kind of you know it's it's in vogue with all these there's all these ketamine therapies therapists popping up all over the place and so we figured it, it's kind of an, an interesting Trojan horse to to um, to ride as you know because it's 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 kind of in people's minds and it's the hot new thing um, but ultimately our goal is we definitely don't want any of the software that we're creating for either creative creative expansion and or healing and recognition and self-awareness self-aware development like all the things we're doing with vr um it's not a, it's not a real smart plan to like anchor yourself into any type of like illicit or illegal substances especially ones like ketamine that are just still totally mystified i mean i i will i don't know it's like just when you, just when I thought I figured out what it was doing, it would just, it would just throw this, throw me for a loop. That I still, I don't even mean, have the words to explain things that it did to me. It was so weird. Um, but apparently, there's a lot of evidence that it is within limited amounts working for people. So we're trying that out. But my theory was that because it's a dissociative, it, when I was using it in a creative capacity, I would use ketamine to, And I don't, don't try this at home. Um, to I would start it off. I only did it when I was making a piece of like, digital art, and I would start with a um, you know, like a, a, a I only really, I wouldn't do I would just do it once, but I would do enough to pretty much obliterate any sense of self. But I would the ramp up was when I was had kind a of white canvas and I would start making something, and what I found is that it had the ability to uh, completely disintegrate any. And disassociate myself from any aspect of like the inner critic or the part of me that's like judging myself when I'm making these decisions or questioning every move I make with the way comment would just put me in a place of just pure uh, intuitive like creative action and response and I would get into these zones where I would I would, com- I would completely forget that I was even a human being but my muscle memory would be enacted and I could still understand how to use these tools and I just became like the, the monitor I was looking at became like a window into another dimension and sometimes I would make a piece of art and I would like come back afterwards and not even and, and look at this piece like I was staring at it for the first time like I had no idea how like, this is were made not sustainable not interesting anecdote for a Burning Man lecture like, not anything I recommend to people in the long term it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a wild it's a Astral world out there. Um, so, my theory was if you can create an experience where the focal point is your biofeedback and your rhythm, when I talked to a lot of the therapists, they mentioned that they're what, I'm like, what are you guys really trying to do? We, we talked to several and interviewed them just a lot in Colorado. Like, what's the end? Like, what's, what, how are you using this? Like, what kind of wording or languaging are you using around this? And, what you know i'm a big fan of the john c Lilly and like you know deprogramming the brain and center of the cyclone he's like a superhero of mine and i'm pretty aware of the way that he was using ketamine to you know deconstruct go deeper and implant like little seeds of knowledge or instruction that he would then sort of like sprout within his consciousness later on and with the, the consistent message i kind of got is that whether it's anti-depression or let's say autoimmune um, most of the ailments the psychological that result in physical ailments that people have is i not loving themselves enough and i think a lot of the times i've realized for me that the not loving yourself comes down to either a, a dissatisfaction with some aspect of ourselves we look in the mirror we have these judgments you know, for whatever reason that we that people have this um I feel that like when, when we started using the biofeedback and the heart rate, there was something about seeing my heart reflected in, in real time, 90 frames a second in VR as like a pulsing light emitting particle. That's kind of what we use. Um, just the revealing of the most intimate muscle in my body, like the one muscle that's it's never let me down. If it had, I wouldn't be here with you guys today. You know, from day one, this guy has been working to keep me alive and being able to have it echoed within my body from the base up back and see it there in real time. Um, I was just the worthy. Really, I just it was profound to have that type of a uh, just the uh, the nuance. And uh the intimacy. It was a very intimately digital experience. That was our kind of goal. It's very, well, if they're gonna disassociate from themselves, let's keep a thread that's always them. And it'd be really amazing if they can disassociate to the point where they were they lost sort of the thread that this thing that's pulsing at the center of their entire experience was themselves and then being brought back into reality with whatever... I mean, pentamine. most of the... They say what happens on pedamine is not... They're not getting guidance. It's just the mechanisms of the meaning-making machine of the mind kind of going through these. But if will finally come down there. The therapist has an opportunity to interject some message around, like, self-love or their own heart or just the idea of knowing... I think what excites me about this technology is making the visible making the invisible visible making these aspects knowing yourself you know to know thyself is a pretty noble pursuit and creating a deeper relationship with these aspects of ourselves so we're aware of them and and then potentially within that relationship um create new ideals for that like we're using we use it in ways where we can match your, your heart rate to an lfo and then if you want to have an experience that's more stimulating or to bring you down, we can take your heartbeat and then modulate the feedback so there's a slower bass and the visuals get slower or cooler and more cool colors. And we've been able to like take a heart rate down up to like, I don't know, 10, 12, know, 90 to 80 to 70 or stimulate a heart rate by stimulating a faster heartbeat like sinking your heartbeat and then Slowly modulating your heartbeat into a faster beat with a faster visual was, the humans we're a our consciousness is a biofeedback machine and the V r gives us the ability to, to really hijack the visual feedback and feed whatever new information you want into there and um, it's it's an- inter- it's interesting you know i don't know what we're going to accomplish with it I don't have a business plan or anything for it. I do it because I can you know it's, it's within my means and I like buying big trucks and it's a that's really like Martha but like you know like like why do you love burning? I was trying to describe it to somebody i like it's it's the best excuse and Enabler it combines like two of my favorite things which is spending thousands of dollars at Home Depot buying tools and partying and getting high and listening to music with people I love in the desert you know it can be that simple too. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's what gets the clap. So, uh, <laughs> you all hear my kind of people. Uh, speaking of my kind of people, do you have a, a time check for what time it is right now? Seven forty-five. Seven forty-five. Oh man, we are reaching the end of. Uh, I think we have, we started at, at seven, so we can go to eight. So uh, I want to entertain. 10 15 minutes of uh, questions, and I would just imagine the Venn diagram. If you, if out of all the things that Burning Man you could be doing right now, if you're here listening to me talk, I would speculate that anybody like tool,
0: yes, any tool fans
1: out there? Okay, well, we're gonna keep this next 10 minutes, 15 minutes of questions really precise because afterwards, if you choose, if you're interested, I'm gonna be driving my e bike as fast as I can. Out into finding the golden Abraxas art car dragon, which should be between the man and Folly, that big kind of house thing, where they had someone paraglide in a hard drive with the new Tool album that they're playing for the first time on Abraxas with Alex and Allison Gray. How <sighs> is really that? Okay, quick questions. Let's get on our bikes. I get you yeah, know it's a secret with the trucks. So. We're we under a hard our, our, our protocol right now, you know. But um, stay tuned. You know, send it for the newsletter and we'll see what happens. We got it, huh? Really? Yeah, it's a it's a Bit Yeah, it's a it's a I think two thousand and one. Got one hundred forty thousand miles on it. You know, because it just sat. Uh, right. It was in Texas it would just sit there, but drives great. Yeah, we got a sixty mile an hour governor on it, which is great because I don't drive it. I have the droids drive it. You know, like yeah, we're so we have a we have Samskara playing at nine in E. There's it a dome, Horizon. Yeah, Camp Horizon. Nine, am I correct? Nine o'clock in E. Yep, awesome. Yeah, we got a thirty foot dome there. And do you know what times they've been playing the Samskara? Ten, 10 to three p.m. Yeah, at night. So they play that kind of goes, it's a 24-minute experience. It's pretty... People like that a lot. So it's got pretty good feedback out here. Um, I'll be doing... After the tool album release party, I'll be biking over to Ply Alchemists, and we're going to be using Microdose to do visuals on the pyramid for a few hours. And, uh, yeah. There's art... I just think it's it's spread around there's some art on the mystic flyer there's some art around we're camp with the phone guys so there's some art around there and um yeah as our host uh communicated you can you can find a lot of my art uh adorning uh, the booties of many beautiful burgers out there this year you know if you know where to look <laughs> yeah but, yeah thank you so much Thanks for, for receiving the art so deeply and thanks for reflecting that um next uh we are still working and continuing the relationship with uh full dome and the group of the russian hari krishnas that we created samskara with things on the horizon is we we're, we're we've got a, a venue in los angeles called wisdom where we show samskara four days a week you know um uh continue, that was kind of our test pilot venue but uh Next up, Swami's been... He's not here this year. Apparently, he's been spending a lot of time in China, and we're looking at expanding, um, having samskara in China and doing kind of a new... Sort of a, a new samskara we're making is almost, instead of where we focused on the, uh, the, the 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 Vedic writings for samskara, we're kind of... Imagine like a samskara inspired by the, like the Tao Te Ching. You know, so... Some scar that can be named. Not the samskara,
0: yeah.
1: Dragons, tigers, calligraphy, um, things like that. Uh, Microdos still passionate about that. Hopefully, we have a we have a private alpha now. We got like you know several hundred testers that are using it. We'll be probably releasing it whenever it's ready. I don't make any date promises anymore, but soonish. And, uh, yeah, we're, you know, the current thing is we really want to develop this, uh, my, my new favorite thing beyond, I realize that artwork is, uh, it's, it's cool to make, I really enjoyed making a lot of single pieces of artwork that can be experienced, but I've just gotten a lot more satisfaction out of transitioning from art making into making are tools you know using microdose as a tool i see people using it as a tool to explore and express themselves creating this you know I it this k-hole simulator as a tool for therapists to use i just feel that that if i look at if i try to look at sort of a fractal time over time fractal over time of where i could be making the most amount of impact in the larger spectrum of this conversation of, you know, I think when it comes to health and wellness and parenting and all that sort of things is that for me, creativity is the most, the, 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 the chemicals that are released in my body and my brain when I'm in a, a deeply deep creative flow state to use the common lexicon um, that is, that's there's there's no pharmacy that can you know, recreate the benefits of that for me, creativity is medicine and making tools that enable other people to feel that sense of creativity and to extract and isolate the experience that gets in there as fast as possible is uh you know I think we're gonna just keep working on it until we feel we've got something that really works and then who knows? From there making awesome kids. Uh I want to make a school out in Colorado or probably we're going to start slow, but I'm going to make like a summer school, summer art school, like summer camp for kids. I just really just want to spend more time on the farm and just have excuses not to leave and spend time with my kids and grow, grow our garden and buy more, whatever. And other excuses that I can buy more heavy equipment and front loaders. And, yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's out there you know I don't know what's going on but I don't buy I don't I don't buy whatever whatever the, the big the, you know yeah I, I look when I look back at like the a lot of the books that I read you know the geography I think a lot of the books that I was educated with in school in public school those ways like I, I look back at it now they just feel like graphic novels you know So, it's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm open to being surprised. And I definitely, I I like to entertain lots of theories. My mom says that, I'm like, uh, I've never met a conspiracy theory I didn't like. I think that's the way that she puts it. So, yeah, I just like thinking. I like that we live in a really mysterious world. And I think that there's a lot, there's a lot more to discover than has been discovered. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you to the team at Plante uh, Norte for keeping this tradition well and strong. And uh, thanks so much for inviting me back, you guys. And yeah, just go out there and just embrace just the thousands of love songs that all the people on this fire are putting out and just try to get the most out of that. And. Hopefully, you guys all find your opportunity to express that love to the universe. And uh, everybody out there at home, make some good babies. (laughs) Bring in the Burning Man. (laughs) Thanks
0: so much, guys. You're listening to the Psychedelic Salon, where people are changing their lives one thought at a time. And once again, I would like to thank fellow saloner Frank Nuncio for making this recording for us. I'm sure that you appreciate his work as much as I do. Now, if you go to the program notes for today's podcast, which you'll find at psychedelicsalon.com, you'll see that I've linked to not only Android Jones's website, but I've also linked to, well, it's one of my favorite works of his. It is titled Samskara, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, it's uh, S-A-M-S-K-A-R-A, I I think it's Samskara, and uh, well, it's the closest work I've ever encountered that really most closely takes me back to uh, some of my DMT experiences, and uh, well, there are nights before I go to sleep sometimes when I turn off all the lights here or get stoned and and I watch that amazing video. You know, if you've ever smoked DMT, uh, well, you'll really love it. And uh, if you haven't yet had your first DMT trip, well, this will give you a little idea of what you have in store for yourself one day. It's, well, it's really too bad that Terence McKenna didn't live to see this video because I think it's exactly like what he once was dreaming about. Also, uh, on the program notes page for this podcast, I've embedded a two-minute paste-up of a talk featuring the words of Bruce Damer and the light show by Android Jones, just to uh, give you a little better idea of how his art can be embedded in live performances. Also, uh, if you're looking for some of the coolest items of clothing to wear to the next event you attend, click on the image in the program notes and uh, you'll be taken to Android Jones' store where you can uh, collect some of the most spectacular art that you're going to find anywhere. For sure, uh, wearing one of his t-shirts will certainly help you start a conversation about psychedelics with almost anybody. And uh, who knows, that may be how you meet your next new best friend. (laughs) And for now, this is Lorenzo signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Namaste, my friends.